Welcome to episode 9 of the Rochester Club 476 podcast. I'm your host, Jake Marchand, and this show includes speeches given by me and my fellow Toastmasters at our club in Rochester, New York. We meet every two weeks, and this episode is from our meeting on August 18th, 2022. If you're not a member of Toastmasters, I hope this podcast helps you see the value that these clubs bring. To put it simply, Toastmasters clubs are individual groups that come together to assist each other with public speaking. Some do it to help them with their career, and some do it for personal reasons. And Toastmasters is international with over 15,000 clubs in 149 different countries. Now, I'm going to jump right into the episode. If you want to learn more, you can listen to the intro episode of this podcast or go to the show notes for a direct link to the Toastmasters website to find a club that's local to you. This episode features one speech from a recurring speaker on this podcast, Mr. Ian Van Buren. Ian's first speech was featured on the first episode of this podcast back in March. So Ian has now been a member of Club 476 for five or six months. The title of his speech is Learning to Fall, and this was his first time performing this speech. So here's Ian Van Buren with Learning to Fall. Singer, <clears throat> the singer Tom Petty has a song titled Learning to Fly. I will be dis- discussing some aspects of flying, but I want to focus more on my experience with learning to fall. Toastmaster, fellow Toastmasters, most welcome guests. When I speak of learning to fall, I'm not speaking metaphorically. I'm speaking in a literal sense of falling from a high level, risking bodily injury and possibly death. So let us go back in time to a place where a great fall once occurred. Many years ago in ancient Greece, there existed a brilliant man named Daedalus. Daedalus was known throughout the region for creating a labyrinth which housed a minotaur that was part bull, part man. Unfortunately for Daedalus, he and his son Icarus were imprisoned in that very labyrinth he constructed. Daedalus immediately set out on a plan to escape the labyrinth. He used innovation to create wings made of wax for him and his son to escape. I can imagine their conversation during their escape flight. It's a nice view from up here, don't you think, Icarus? (laughs) Father, anything looks better than looking at a minotaur in a labyrinth. (laughs) Very well, Icarus. Just be careful, don't fly so high. The sun's out, your wings could melt. Sure thing, Father. Uh Uh-oh, something's wrong. Going down. Icarus? Icarus! Icarus. So as the story goes, Icarus flew too high and his wings of wax melted. Daedalus was prepared for a great flight, but he was not prepared for a great fall. Hence the creation of a tool to assist mankind with falling from great heights the modern marvel known as the parachute. (laughs) The parachute was essential for me to complete jump school and be assigned to an airborne unit in the Texas Army National Guard. Although some soldiers did obtain more elite training than I received, I still share a common bond with fellow enlisted airborne infantry soldiers. 
After all, not everyone is cut from the same thread to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> and a uniform looks better with the blue cord and jump wings on it. I still remember some parts of jumping out of aircraft. Rows of about 25 people are referred to as sticks. So two sticks would face each other on an aircraft, and a jump master would stand by the exit doors. A jump master determines when and how people leave the aircraft. Positioned by the exit doors is a device resembling a stoplight. When the light is red, people do not jump out of the aircraft. So as the aircraft approaches the landing zone, everyone in a stick stands up, and they hook up a static line to a metal cable running down the entire length of the aircraft. A static line automatically pulls open the parachute when people jump out of the aircraft. So when everyone's standing, they look at the person in front of them and they inspect the parachute in front of them. If everything looks good, you smack the person in front of you on the back and you shout, okay! Now this signal is passed all the way up the stick to the person standing by the exit door. When this person receives the signal, they hand the jump master their static line and they shout, all okay, jump master! Now, all of this is happening at about 1,200 feet in the air, and the exit doors are open, so it's very loud in the aircraft. So when the light turns green and the jump master says go, everyone in the stick proceeds to jump out of the aircraft. Afterwards, the plane, the aircraft, will make a second pass over the landing zone and allow the second stick to jump out of the, the aircraft. Now, static line parachutes are not user-friendly. It's very common to hit the ground traveling 20 miles an hour. <clears throat> I was instructed to basically tuck and roll when I hit the ground by using five points of contact. The first point of contact that makes contact with the ground when you hit the ground is the balls of the feet. The second is the calf. The third is the knee. The fourth is the hip. The fifth is the shoulder. And when your shoulder hits, you want to swing your legs in the air and rotate your body 180 degrees. This is to spread impact throughout the entire body and reduce the chance of injury. So if any of you do decide to go skydiving, I do not wish static line parachutes upon any of you. Hopefully the equipment you obtained is more sophisticated than that which was used in the 1940s. If I ever go skydiving again, I believe that I can fall successfully. Jumping out of aircraft and falling from great heights is dangerous, but is also risky. And it has been an experience that I will never forget. Kind of like being a member of Toastmasters. <laughs> Toastmasters. Great job, Ian. Great use of a story of Greek mythology mixed in with your own life experiences as an airborne infantryman. Thank you for a great speech and for being willing to share this speech on the podcast. And thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode. I hope that you enjoyed Ian's speech as much as I did. If you've heard his other speeches, I think you'll agree that Ian has made some incredible improvement just over these past five or six months. And that's what Toastmasters is all about. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, the best ways to support is to either go ahead and leave a review where you're listening or share the podcast with someone who would enjoy listening. Also, 
If you'd like to give some feedback to Ian, I will leave my email in the show notes and I'll make sure to forward your message on to him. If you're interested in learning more about Toastmasters, just head to toastmasters.org. I will leave a direct link in the show notes for you. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time on the Rochester Club 476 podcast.